Welcome to the podcast of Jessup First United Methodist Church, featuring our pastor, Rebecca Duke-Barton. Our psalm for this morning is Psalm 98. Will you listen and praise the Lord together? Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gotten him victory. The Lord has made known his victory. He has revealed his vindication in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth in a joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity.
Welcome, beloveds. I'm so glad you're here today. Our sermon every week can be heard in two places. We're on the radio in Jessup, Georgia on WIFO for a full worship service every Sunday morning. And then the sermon is available on our podcast. You can find that on our website, Jessup First UMC. My parents listen every week to the podcast as their Sunday evening service. So since it's Mother's Day, I want to send out a happy Mother's Day to my mother. Thank you for being an example of the love of God. I love you, Mother. Our church sent a gift in honor of the women of our church to the Methodist Children's Home. The Children's Home is one of our shining star ministries of the church where children and teens can come and know that God loves them. So one of the things we do is to give them a quilt made by Methodist women across South Georgia. I know the quilting circle at Epworth has made some of those over the years. The youth get to keep the quilt even when they leave the children's home. It's a very practical way of wrapping them in the warmth of love. So I was thinking about that image of a quilt when I was thinking about the book of 1 John. It's like a big quilt of God's love wrapped around us. There are themes that keep coming up, kind of like quilting squares. God loves us, and so we ought to love one another. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is offering us life. God wants us to believe in him through his son. They're quilted together in this beautiful letter. And so as we complete the quilt today, we're going to read from 1 John chapter 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And so it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three are in agreement. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, which he has given us about his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony that God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And down to his closing statement in 20 and 21. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true by being in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
Novelist Alice Walker wrote a short story called Everyday Use about a family that had treasured quilts made with love by a grandmother. Now, my great-grandmother wasn't a quilter, but she knitted afghans that I treasure. So when I read Alice Walker's story, that struck a nerve for me. One of the daughters, Dee, had gone off to school. She didn't want the quilts when she left. She said they were old-fashioned. But she came back and wanted to take her grandmother's quilts to be hung on the wall as pieces of art. The mother decided to give the quilts to the other daughter, Maggie. Dee objected. Maggie won't appreciate the quilts. She'll put them to everyday use. But the mother's point was this. The quilts were meant for everyday use. They weren't meant for just looking at. These quilts were practical, made with love, meant to keep you warm. We're using this image of the book of John as a quilt, themes that repeat over and over throughout the book. It is beautiful writing. You could take almost any verse and study it and preach a whole sermon on any one verse. But the book isn't just something that we leave on a shelf or put out on the coffee table when the preacher comes over. This is a book meant for everyday use. It wraps us in the love of God and it teaches us to love one another. It teaches us to believe in Jesus, his son. Sometimes when I'm at Epworth, I can peek into the quilting room and see where the ladies have a project going on. There are pieces here and there. You can see the work in progress but it's nothing like seeing the finished, completed work. And so when I think about 1 John and as we're finishing up the book, I think about the complete work. And what 1 John shows us is that God wants us to know him. It's the bottom line for the whole book. God is love. Jesus is life. The Holy Spirit confirms the truth. So wrap yourselves up in that love. Wrap yourselves up in that truth. Or here's another way to think about 1 John. When we read chapter 1, we talked about him as an eyewitness in a trial. But now he's the attorney bringing together his closing arguments where all of the evidence comes together. He's Perry Mason or Matlock in his closing argument that makes everything make sense. And his key witness of the whole trial is God himself testifying to the truth that he sent his son Jesus in the flesh to be our Savior and Lord. Do you notice the last verses that kind of give a summary of what 1 John is about? This is his closing argument. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true by being in his son Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Did you hear that? The testimony, this whole court case, is so that we may know him. So will you permit me to, to work with 1 John and look at the book as a whole for a bit? I think this is the story that he's pulled together for us. God loves us so much. It's an overwhelming love. He loves us so much that he saw us in our sin and in ways that led us to death, but he wanted to give us life. So Jesus came as a human to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And he writes says that all others win victories by fighting. This one won by suffering. All other gods exercise power by killing. This one by dying. 
standing at the foot of the cross, gazing on the lengths to which God's love has gone for us, it's impossible not to see the powerfulness of that love. You see, on the cross, it, that's the moment that it looks like the world won. But Jesus said, I have overcome the world. What looks like defeat is actually the moment of victory. We're invited into that victory when we believe. Jesus rose from the dead and defeated death for all time. And he invites us into that new life. Are you getting the, the big picture, the completed quilt, the closing argument that John is making? John seems to have some people in his community who are telling a different story. Some people who are denying that Jesus came in the flesh. John calls these false teachings, teachings that try to pull us away from the life that Jesus is offering. He says, if, if you don't accept the Son, you don't know the Father. As N.T. Wright puts it, John's letter is about holding on to the one true God and rejecting the claims of idols. And the way we know the true God is through Jesus, the word of life, the risen Christ. Here again, 1 John gives us another piece of testimony that proves the truth. 1 John says that water and blood and spirit are testifying. So that sends us back to the gospel of John, where John makes a point in telling us that the crucifixion, that blood and water came out of Jesus on the cross. He died in the flesh, really, truly died. But that also means that he is risen in the flesh, really, truly risen. And it is in his life that we find our life. So whether you want to think about quilting squares or closing arguments, John gives us this series of proofs of ways that we can be sure that God has spoken definitively through Jesus. John calls him the word of life, and he's speaking that word to us so that we might know. So the 40 days of Easter are the starting point of the proof. Jesus stayed on earth for quite some time after he had risen. He could have risen and immediately ascended into heaven, but instead he was with us for 40 days until his ascension. By the way, Thursday of this week is Ascension Day, 40 days from Easter Sunday. I am convinced that those 40 days are so that we could know with assurance that Jesus is risen indeed. And there were witnesses. Jesus talked to his disciples. He had a fish fry on the beach with his disciples because Jesus is just that awesome. So it's the 40 days and the witnesses that he left behind who give us the testimony that this is the truth, that Jesus is risen. And then those eyewitnesses wrote down what they had seen and heard. God inspired John and others so that we would have a book that we could read and study and that would give us assurance that God really does love us, that we really are adopted as his children. He's given us the witness of changed hearts and lives, people who love our brothers and sisters and live according to the commands of God. We don't just believe in Jesus, but we are becoming like him in how we love one another. Thomas Merton says, our job is to love others without stopping to inquire whether or not they are worthy. That kind of love is a move of the Holy Spirit. That kind of love doesn't come to me naturally. But as I become more and more like Jesus, 
I don't have to determine whether somebody's worthy. I just love them as God loves them. And God's love is offered to everyone. Our love should be like that too. Loving one another is the defining characteristic of the Christian community. It's the evidence that God has changed your heart and life when you can love like Jesus loved. You see what I mean? This isn't just doctrine that we put away on a bookshelf. This is doctrine for everyday use. This is what we believe, that the Christian community gathered together shows the love of God as we become more and more like Jesus. It might be stretching the metaphor to think about quilting bees and gathering together to, to make the quilt together and to share our love of God with one another. But I do think Christian community is so important. We understand the love of God. We understand that Christ is risen so much better when we're in a community of people who are affirming that same thing. But God's not done with his testimony. God is not done sending us the assurance that we need to know that we are the children of God. And so God sent the gift of the Holy Spirit so that we could know and it's the inner witness of the Holy Spirit that gives us that assurance. That it has been so important in Methodist beliefs that we have that inner assurance. So John Wesley wrote a sermon. This is, this is one of the pieces where our doctrine is built from this sermon. It has a very 18th century title, The Witness of the Spirit, I. But this is what he says. The testimony of the Spirit is an inward impression on the soul, whereby the Spirit of God directly witnesses to my spirit that I am a child of God, that Jesus Christ hath loved me and given himself for me, and that all my sins are blotted out, and I, even I, am reconciled to God. That witness of the Holy Spirit, that inner testimony is so important. John Wesley felt it famously when he had gone to Aldersgate Street after a time of doubting and, and not really knowing where his faith was secured. He felt the inner witness of the Holy Spirit and he described it as his heart strangely warmed. So in this sermon the, about the witness of the Holy Spirit, he gives us this metaphor that I am positive he picked up when he was in South Georgia. You know, he spent some time in Savannah and St. Simons. And so he says that we can be just as sure that we have been adopted as God's children because of, of this metaphor he uses. The soul no more doubts the reality of his sonship than he can doubt the shining of the sun while it stands in the full blaze of its beams. You hear what I'm saying? The, the sun is something we can know securely. If we live in South Georgia, we are familiar with the sun. I've been at track meets lately where I felt the sun shining. And if you saw me after the race, you would see the evidence of the sun shining on my very red forehead. My forehead was strangely warmed. So what we're saying here is that just as surely as you know that the hot sun is shining on you, you can be just that sure that God has adopted you as a child because of the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. That assurance is so important. Just as surely as the sun shines, we can know that we are children of God. 
It is because of this assurance from the Holy Spirit that we're able to understand how much God loves us. God sending his son serves as proof of his love. Jesus is the atoning sacrifice, but we don't understand it without the witness of the Holy Spirit. We can't fully understand that Jesus came in the flesh and has invited us into new life without the witness of the Holy Spirit. But because of the witness of the Holy Spirit, we do understand it. We do understand that God loves us so much that he sent his one and only son. And it is because of the prompting of the Holy Spirit that we love one another. I can't love the way Christ loves without the Holy Spirit in my life. This is how we know, because God made sure that we would. God opened every door. He provided every possible way for us to have the assurance of his love and grace. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. This is where 1 John 5 starts. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah is born of God. The King James Version uses the word whosoever, just like in John 3, 16. Whosoever believes in him will have eternal life. They used to make t-shirts that said, I'm a whosoever. Is that a t-shirt that you could wear? An outward expression of the inward assurance of the Holy Spirit? Do you know that you are a whosoever? Do you know that you are part of the everyone for whom Christ died and who God wants to adopt as a child? I love how Fanny J. Crosby, a good Methodist, put it. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. 1 John 5.13 says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. God has made it so clear over and over. He wants us to know. He wants us to know that we are adopted, that we're chosen, that we're loved by God. It's my prayer that all of you would know, that you would hear the closing argument and, and become convinced that Jesus is Lord and that you are his child, that you would wrap yourselves up in this quilt of God's love and feel the warmth. God has given us every possibility so that we can know with assurance that we are his children and has given us the gift of eternal life. May that be so in your heart and life. Will you pray with me? Oh God, we come to you so grateful. Thank you for adopting us as your children. Thank you for the witness of John. We're so grateful that you pour out your love on us. We're grateful for the grace that you've given us. And Lord, we are grateful for that assurance of eternal life. May we know it, Lord, in our hearts, in our actions, in all that we do and say. May it be so, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, who came in the flesh and is risen from the dead. We pray this together. Amen. 
You've been listening to the podcast of Jessup First United Methodist Church with Rebecca Duke Barton. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website. It's jessupfumc.org. That's J-E-S-U-P-F-U-M-C dot org.